0: Hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk 493, recording today, Wednesday, the 24th of May 2017. Yes, uh, I'm feeling kind of uh, footloose and fancy free because I'm going on Mm -hmm. holiday tomorrow, although you're not supposed to announce that sort of thing online, are you? Uh, there will be people at my house and people at the office, so it's not like I'm leaving an empty place for, to be burgled. But uh, yes, so I'm quite excited, and uh, this is my last kind of official duty before we go. So uh, Sonic Talk, uh, for those of you who maybe haven't seen this before, this is to this is basically a podcast to do with music technology, the technology surrounding audio recording, live performance, software, DJ, controllerism, all of that kind of stuff, synthesizers. So if you want. If that's the sort of thing you enjoy, please stay tuned and please do subscribe to sonicstate.com. We're streaming this live via YouTube, also via Facebook. Hello to everybody out there. I want to say hello to the chat room. And we've also got our YouTube chatties as well. Nice to see you all there. We've got a good fulsome number as uh, something that I'm allowed to say from time to time. As long as I don't say it too much, I get into trouble for that. Anyway, let's... uh, introduce our guests. We'll start off with Mr. Charles Chickie Reeves, who is a front house engineer, composer, songwriter, uh, producer. Uh, he's there in his studio, uh, surrounded by round things, tape reels and speakers and all of those things. How on earth are you, Charles? I'm doing well.
1: I'm doing well. Sur- surrounded by mandalas. Yeah, that's what they are. Um, yeah,
0: I'm very pleased to hear that.
1: <laughs> everything's going great. Going great. It's taking very busy. So
0: you've been nights. doing production re- production rehearsals for summer gigs, yes, right? For
1: Howard Jones, we're doing. Uh, we we sort of kicked the tour off last weekend, last Saturday, at Let's Rock The Moor, and then we're going to do seven more festivals in the UK. Then we go to the states and we tour the states. I think we're doing a total of thirty something dates, maybe thirty four dates. Um, we're going to be. It's a big tour. We've got five. Five acts opening up for us, which will include uh, Paul Young, English Beat, Modern English, uh, I think Bow Wow Well. Wow. And I know there's somebody else, but I can't think of who it is.
0: <laughs> I know the feeling. It's hard to retain all this information at all times, isn't it? But uh, anyway, I hope that's going to go well. And uh, um, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on your progress. So I guess that's going to mean you're going to be away from us for a little while. But uh, yeah. as I say, There's next always hotel time, Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> That's true. That adds a little extra I've, frisson to the whole experience. I've seen
1: uh, Rich Hilton, you know, log in from hotel. so I figure I'm, a man, I'm man enough to do it. I can do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Tokyo, all sorts of places. Yeah, we've done all that. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Charles. And we also have Mr. Gaz Williams there, who's uh, there in Bristol. Gaz is, of course, a uh, bass player, producer, music technologist. I'm guessing you're in... in the. Are you still in the thick of uh, Charlotte Church pop dungeon gigs? Uh, yes,
2: uh, playing in Brighton... Uh, no, not Brighton, sorry, Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, yes, in a couple of days uh, for the Pride Festival. So that's going to be colourful and fun, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um Excellent. That's going to be our first afternoon gig as well, so we are the late-night pop dungeon, sort of designed for sort of very kind of uh, overt, um, <laughs> of you know, crazy...
0: Yes, late-night late night type of yes. vibe, yes.
2: And uh, so... Th-
0: adult entertainment <laughs> uh
2: yeah, so that should be pretty cool i'm looking forward to that um i'm also well just um finishing an album now Asteroid deluxe album, which i'm dead excited about it's called the lawn and it's uh it's a concept album about the council house building program from the late uh, from the fifties and the nineteen sixties <laughs>
0: wow that is that is conceptual <laughs> uh
2: just it's a, sort of just about the sort of um like when you look at the architectural plans and the beautiful crisp lines and all the kind of utopian and idealistic sort of ideas that they had and how very quickly it sort of, you know, turned into slum sort of what it was trying to replace. Um And it's just quite a, it's quite an interesting sort of uh, aspect, really. So, you know, uh writing songs about concrete, really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, music Concrete, uh, I have yes. to
0: say that because obviously that's uh, well. If you so, yes, yeah. if you play to Music Concrete rather than Concrete, then it's a, there's a discernible that's difference. It's going right? to come
2: out in the summer. We're going to launch that in the summer, and uh, we're going to think possibly launch that at the Green Man Festival where we've been booked to play. Uh, we might do the launch for that then. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for the Lawn Asteroid Deluxe. It's, I'll tell you, it's it's amazing. There's loads of Erebus on it, and uh, oh, I think Kitten Two. I think is it a Kitten Two that Bang plays? Um, I'm not sure. I, can't, I don't think
0: I've seen her with it, but ah, uh, oh, well, excellent. Some analog yeah, love, and actually
2: quite a bit now. After Deep Mind Twelve is on there too, so very much in the swoosh and whoosh duties. You know, psychedelic kind of noises and sort of sound effects, which it's actually very adept to at. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Uh, I
0: should point out, we've talked a little bit about Blade Runner last week and um, there was the signature sound from the uh, Blade Runner trailer for 2049. And uh, I did notice that Spectrosonics posted uh, a, a little tweet, set, uh, a social media post saying they heard a lot of Omnisphere too on that. So it may well be that those, some of those sounds are, in fact, all software, as we'd, as we'd thought, but that's just a testament to, I guess, how good that can sound Um that's not an ad. It's just an observation. Yeah. Anyway, right. So, uh, what are we got coming up? Ah, speaking of the future, look at this. This is the Roland Future Define. This is Roland's traditional kind of. Uh, so, well, it's usually in September, but I guess they're doing this in uh, through May and June. They're doing product announcements. Twenty-sixth of May, uh, which I guess is Friday. Drums and percussion. Four new products. First of June, guitar products. Twentieth of June. Two synthesizer products. And obviously, there's a lot of speculation as to what it could be, what it, what it is. I mean, we don't know. I mean, I'm guessing in reality, it's probably going to be more in the sort of Ira slash um, System 8 kind of vibe. But there have been a number of uh, high-profile sites such as ours going, well, what would you like it to be? You know, what would you think would be a good idea? I mean, obviously, it's too late for them to change their plans in case they go, gosh, if we'd thought of that. But I'm just curious because I know... Gaz, you're uh, you, you're a fan of some of the Roland stuff. I just wondered what you thought.
2: Well, I mean, an 808 in the style of that 909 from last year is inevitable. I would have thought. Ah, uh, boutique I mean,
0: 808.
2: I would have thought so. I think that's. I I'd, I'd be very surprised if that if that doesn't if that doesn't show. Um, I was kind of wondering if they were going to kind of revisit the MC202 type of thing somehow a little bit because that's uh. That's a bit of a classic. I don't know if if that would have any sort of boutique um, capabilities. What do you think? MC two oh two. Yeah, in, maybe. In, in boutique... I mean,
0: SH one oh one. David Hunter in the um, YouTube chat room has said SH one oh yeah. one, and that is actually not a bad yeah. shout because uh, that's yeah. a very iconic yeah. and and well known synth, yeah. yeah. right? SH
2: one oh one, and I think is is the MC S. That is a, a SH. 101 in it isn't it i think more or less more More or or less
0: less. it's just got a a completely impenetrable sequencer (laughs) in it and was an absolute nightmare to use from what i recall
2: i had i borrowed one for a while i got into the sequencer it's i mean it's interesting isn't it when they did the uh the 303 uh in the boutique they did the they did it with two sequencer modes they they did it so you could use it exactly like the original or they did a sort of a second sequencer mode which was a lot more um familiar, maybe, to, 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 to us now more. Uh, so I wonder, maybe there could be something in, in that. But I, I, I'd be surprised if they bring out a SH-101 without some sort of extra sequencing capabilities. I mean, saying that, though, the sequencer in the original SH-101, I, I mean, that in its most simplest form is probably...
0: Legendary, yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's the. I guess that's the problem with the boutique format. It's a small thing, so it might. If it's going to use that same sort of small format, there's going to be limited amount of sequencing duties it could possibly do. But it certainly should be able to handle the SH101 style sequencing, which is just step rest step rest, isn't it? That was yeah. It, really.
2: And I mean, if we also just think about um, other Roland, like iconic Roland products that have haven't <laughs> been revisited.
0: Yeah. Uh, i suppose yeah sorry i just saw in the chat room dakota said sh1t which is uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice work there but great great pun uh, what other legendary roland things haven't actually been revisited in in any in any way you know if you think about it um well there's a, a lot a truly, a
1: truly analog, uh
2: jupiter 8
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, unlikely i'm well, guessing I mean, you know, the jupiter 8 for. has I essentially been revisited analog.
2: with the boutique as the juno and the uh, jx 3p um what is there though that is you know other than the 808 what is else is there in that sort of really iconic and obviously we mentioned the sh101 that's my question
0: yeah, I don't know, Charles. Uh, you, I'm sure you may have some uh, some opinions on this. What to, what 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 do you expect? But what would you like it to uh, be? You know
1: what? I, I know there's been a lot of buzz about Roland stuff, but there's nothing they've put out recently that in the past several years that has drawn me in. There's just there's just nothing. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the tier 8 I thought was kind of interesting, but like if I'm gonna for one thing, the last thing I need are is are more 808 909 playing devices. I've got so many drum libraries, you know, um, as far as their synths go, you know, if they had something that was purely analog, I'd be interested. Not that I'm like a purist about analog stuff. It's just that I, I don't know. I just don't get that excited by hybrid stuff. I don't get that excited by virtual analog. I get excited by actually analog or amazing digital. That's, and I haven't seen, it, it, to me, everything that Roland has been putting out has been neither fish nor fowl. You know, it, it just has not really excited me much.
0: I would like to put a good word in for the System mm. Eight, though. I mean, it's actually quite a compelling instrument as an instrument. Yes, it had, you know, it was a bit expensive, and it's, you know, it, it feels uh, like it's more expensive than it need uh, to be. But and the, the MX
2: One, what a class! That's a modern classic. I think it's absolutely brilliant. The Roland MX One.
0: You can tell it's a modern classic because not many people
2: use <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah the d50s hasn't ha- that's somebody mentioned d fifty something yeah. something going back because you know the Roland cloud thing that's going on now with all where they've been making lots of their kind of like 80s um la synthesis type market is that what it is am i right there yeah
0: no they're samples yeah, samples
2: they sample this
0: yeah they're not they're not models okay so it's not actually a sampled thing. Um, there was a good call for maybe another production workstation, MV880, mm. or some update of mm. that. I mean, because let's not forget some of the classic Roland samplers. The uh, uh, gosh, um, s S7, S550. Uh, S550, S700. Mm. Uh, they were. I mean, I used to use. I think what was the what the the single rack mount one s- was that 70? an S7? Yeah, S750, 750 or 700. I can't remember. That was brilliant i mean very obtuse to use i mean that's part of the problem i mean the thing is this is one of the things about bringing forward um old sampling technology because usually the file management is such a nightmare on those things because you had such limited ram and such limited storage and it all you know that you had to i'm guessing you know you had these different banks because you couldn't span samples across actual physical memory chips and you know it was all so all of that stuff is kind of a bit redundant so i'm not quite sure what they could bring in that department i don't know what do you think some sort of a works you know and M- not i mean i say npc style thing but a kind of a, a super duper groove box with sampling possibly. yeah
1: i mean uh, well they have so they have those um okay here, here's a, a concern about something like that. you know they have the the whole phantoms phantom line the x8 the ga all those things you know in in my work with omd we we were using the uh, the the uh, X8s. And the problem is, is like, you know, well, they, wh- whenever whenever they've switched to a new model, you, you can't like load in all new, load in your old sounds, you know? So there's like we have these vast sampling libraries that have been put into those machines and we can't port them over to another model. So I'd, I'd be a little scared about going to a workstation that they, that they create because it's a little bit like Google. You don't know if they're going to support it <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in a couple of years time or what. So, um, but yeah, you know, like uh, I think that, like that Akai box, the the one that's sort of this all in one production, the MPCX. the MPCX yeah, that, for, yeah. The, for the, the sort of like the live with playback and, and so forth. They did something that was a little bit along those lines, but you know, more more synth based, not not.
0: Hmm. Here is like a thought. That. Remember, remember the um, there was an Oberheim, uh, was it Oberheim sample player, or is it an that just played all kinds of sample formats. If you take that and you convert that to like like a box that will load v patches, d fifty patch you know, loads of different patches. However it does it internally. So it's just le- a legacy yeah, patch player.
1: That would be good. That would <laughs> uh, that would be I mean, I've got I've got a closet full of stuff that I could load into a machine like that. I'd love something like that. That'd be great.
0: I guess that's just a laptop really though, isn't it? With uh plugins. But yeah. <laughs> But you know, if I like there was
1: just a thinking about like it was like, you know, a square device that had a screen on it that we could mm-hmm. make it do different things. <laughs> can't think what that is.
2: I mean, I'd be interested to see, to see if Roland do go back into the groove box market because, in a way, they really stuck with it, didn't they, for a long time with all the different sort of iterations of the different MC boxes, you know, and they got really quite – some of them. They're, they're really – I mean, they were
0: – and they were very, very – I mean, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but you see them all over the place. The uh, Is it the SP202 yeah. and the uh, – uh, yeah. you know, you see those – 404, you see them, I I see them in uh, carnivals, in fairs, where people trigger the kind of like, hold tight buckle up you know here we go i mean that's just what um, but that's a use that's kind of outside of the kind of niche of music making there something like that that would replace that but also keep the uh quite a lot of hip-hop producers use them as well i'm guessing those are probably kids that came up through that couldn't afford an npc so found the next best thing that they could afford Mm -hmm. so you know you've got people that use that legacy stuff so there is there's probably a big market yeah because i
2: mean the sp555 i think that's the model um was the big boy in that range. Uh, and that was, wow, oh, wow, that's over 10 years ago now, I think, since that one came out. And uh, so I'd be interested to see if they go back there. I mean, the MV8 800 is highly regarded us there kind of MPC. Uh a lot of people still really hope for a new one of those just because it's a, it was a I mean that was a it was a big old beast that was, wasn't it? You know, the um, There we go, look at that. Um,
0: uh, one on reverb.com for 358
2: pounds. Yeah, those things are pretty really? cool. They're a bit limited, but they're pretty cool. So you know a, a, a much more up to date one of them could be cool, couldn't it? That i I'd, I'd like to see something like that coming out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the problem with all of these things is when you, I mean, at the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, oh, what a nightmare you'd have to, you know, because not only do you have to release, you know, it's not just the hardware, you then got to design a kind of usable and not too impenetrable OS and GUI for all of that stuff. And it's just kind of like, who can, you know, that's a lot of work, I'm guessing. Anyway. (laughs) That's a, but uh, so twentieth of June is when the bit when the synth news drops. If you want the other news, uh, as we say, uh, Friday for the drums and percussion thing. Four of those, presumably that'll be variants of the TD range. Maybe some pads. Who knows? Guitar products. Four of those as well. Only two synths. And actually, and then the twenty third of June more guitar products. So they're going big, going large on the guitar side, which is a kind of curious because. The Guitar market, as we've seen, you know, from various trade shows, just feels very static. There's not much exciting stuff happening in that world, so maybe there'll be something exciting from the guitar side. Who knows? That'll and be kind of cool. 8 a.m.
1: local time, I believe.
0: 8 a.m. local time, okay. Uh, that is uh, uh, hold on, uh, let's see. Uh, right, okay. So we got 3 the uh, um, 8 a.m., lo- 8 a.m., London, 9 a.m., Paris. Okay, <laughs> got you. Wow, that's a bit of a, a a nightmare. So midnight Los Angeles, seven eight, and three, yeah, three a.m.
1: Wow. for New York, which is going to be yeah painful for some New Yorkers.
0: Well, I wonder how many people are actually likely to to stay up all night. It's not like you're watching Super Bowl or something, <laughs> is it? I mean, it's kind of like, it's like a product. You go launch. to
1: sleep, you wake up in the morning, you'll you'll hear about whatever it is anyway. You know, so I'm not sure the time yeah. is really the essence.
0: Not quite. Anyway. Uh let's have a look. What's next? Uh oh yeah, you'll probably oh I'm actually let's do let's have a word from uh, from Isotope because we've got a new thing going on and I, I will apologise in advance, but I had to put this ad in, and it's obviously a pre-release ad, so uh it's not actually it's coming soon, but RX is here. So here we go. So we're switching products. Obviously, Rx6 has just come out. It's not coming up. It's got new modules. Uh, in the advanced version, you've got some really complex machine learning stuff that allows you to discern dialogue from all the background noise. And uh, the demonstrations that we had were very impressive, and that's in the advanced version. In the standard version, there's a whole load of stuff on the music side. So you've got Remove Mark and Headphone Bleed. You've got uh, Spectral de as well, which is actually pretty cool, eliminating breaths and stuff, which, as we know, is... A lot of editing to create that perfectly clean vocal. This might well just sort of save you know, uh, you several hours when editing. So please do check out RX6. If you go to isotope.com forward slash RX, as with all this stuff, there's a 10 day demo there and you can check that out. And we did uh, last week, we did have a competition for Neutron. And I'm pleased to announce the winner this week is somebody called Viger7. The last week is called Viger71, V I G E R 71. That's their Twitter handle. And uh, they tweeted, I don't think I'll ever mix well unless I win a copy of Neutron from Isotope and Sonic State, which is a nice bit of creative use of those 140 characters. So, uh, viga 71 if you get in touch, you are the proud uh, owner now of Isotope's Neutron, which is their mixing plugin. But if you want to enter the competition this week, uh, we've got an RX-6 competition. So, Isotope rx if you want to win RX-6, I think it's the standard version, uh, we want you to tweet the hashtag... Audio repair, one word, the hashtag audio repair and the hashtag RX6 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag audio repair and the hashtag RX6 to at uh, Isotope Inc. and at SonicState.com. And that will enter you for the competition. Uh, obviously, there's no show next week, so we'll announce the winner the week after. Ta-da! Anyway, I don't know if you've any. Uh, we did actually, if you're interested in seeing more about RX6, we posted an RX6 presentation. Uh, what day is it today on monday uh where lars came down and showed us some of the stuff and there's some interesting uh, track grouping which is kind of usual group editing you're up to 16 tracks you can edit at the same time which is going to save a lot of time uh certainly for removing kind of things across all mics you know that kind of stuff so do check that out right what's next this will make you happy gaz
1: bustle dude is a (laughs) 5-channel monophonic mixer running from 4 AA batteries or external power supply. This makes it great for portable rigs and since each input has a mute switch, it's really performative.
0: (laughs) Performative, I like that, that's a good word. I'm not sure if it's a real word. So the thing about this mixer is has got mute on all the channels. Uh, it also allows you to create kind of feedback loops, which is kind of interesting for inserting effects. And there's a drive, and each channel of the five channels is up to 20 dB of gain on the line input. Mono mixer, mono inputs. But now I'm guessing, uh, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, there's been people kind of trying to make their own little electronic doodahs for this kind of, like, portable uh, monotron-style, uh, Volca style mixing, and it seems... This is it, or is it, Gaz? What do you think?
2: Uh, I, not quite, close but no, close but no <laughs> cigar. I, I was a bit disappointed with it, really. I thought if it was, I, I would want a bit more, uh, like like a like a send, send. I think that would have made all the difference. I think.
0: Hard to put on that. I don't know how you would do mm. that, mate. I guess you'd have to have a button. Well, you'd have to have a button for that size. Yeah. You'd have to have a button per channel. I would, I would channel trade
2: mix- a, on a mono mixer like that. I would trade a pan for a send, I think.
0: There is no pan.
2: Oh, there's no pan. Is there either? Sorry, no. The mute, maybe the mute. Because you could use, you could if you don't have anything attached to the send, you could sort of use it as a sort of mute. You know, with a small little twist, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. Nearly. nearly. It's only I mean, 75 the, euros. I I, th- I would want eight inputs, and I'd also want it to be able to carry through a stereo somehow, to carry a stereo image. Uh, because as much as things like Volker's are uh, mono and the pocket operators, um, well, the, the Volker sample has got some stereo for, you know, you can pan parts out on the Volker uh, sample. So, it's pretty cool and it's really cheap. So it's not like I can complain too much, but it's not quite the thing, you know, and also if you think about it from a, a, a Volker standpoint as well. Um, well, how many Volkers are there now? There's the three, four, five, six, six. Seven, yeah. There's six. There's six. Mm. So you can't even take.
0: And a five input. You can't, oh, you can't curses. Even take
2: the full, you know, the full Volker lot. So it's, that's not to criticize what it is because it's got loads of functionality and it's very cool for what it is but it's not quite that thing that's necessary i think for for that you know for the bit minor kind of uh, <laughs> world
0: second so um in the um uh in the chat room iga sabara says just get a second dude for sends uh, i'm not quite sure how that would work but i think they do some interesting kind of feedback routing, which with effects inserted in between so you know some clever oh, okay or creative stuff i know um charles i'm guessing this sort of thing probably doesn't function heavily in your uh, in your world because you're operating at line level and stereo signals and probably aren't doing that many portable gigs right
1: no uh you know if i was i'd just carry my uh my xair 18 with me because it's small but yeah it's uh you know it, yeah it's only 75 pounds or 75 euros well i guess it's almost parity now but I just think for that price, it you know it might as well just spend a bit more, and there there are other things out there that can that have more functionality that are not much more. Yeah. So I'll as well just get something else. Although I did Good like point. that that whole feedback loop. I like the tone it was generating within the 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 uh, mixer itself. But to me, that's a, a single function for seventy five euros. Eh, it's not really worth it to me. I don't. I don't. I don't see any games being changed by this one.
0: No, perhaps not. Well, I'm surprised. I thought, uh, what? So, for spending a little bit more, what would you recommend?
1: Uh, let's see. Um, gosh, I'm trying to blank. There's there is actually a competitor to it. Uh, I'll
0: let you yeah.
2: think, think about that. Maybe yeah, there's a can... really probably the best one. Really, is the Berenger One Thousand and Two B. It runs yeah, on batteries uh, and is you can get them seventy-eight quid. It's got t- look at it. I mean, it's got tons of stuff on it. It's ten inputs, and it runs on batteries. And it's got you know, you know. Like, um, so if you compare that, seventy eight quid.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah.
2: It's sort of like it, it's laughable, isn't it? Really, because it runs on batteries. You know, if that if that's a criteria, okay. The the little dude is really small, but I mean, you know.
0: Wow, it's got four mic, five yeah, mic inputs. I mean that. EQ on all the charts. Gosh, I didn't. i never, I yeah, wasn't aware of that one. I mean, yeah, it, it's unlikely. It's unlikely to be. You know, uh, uh, the dude is unlikely to be. You're not. You know, it's not like you're going. Ah, yes, but the dude is going to be much higher fidelity. I mean, it's unlikely to enter that sort mm. of domain. So yeah, good call. Good call. Yeah,
1: yeah. Bearage would be oh. great. It'd be fine. It-
0: Did I show that? I was showing the pit. Was I showing the image there? That's yeah. it there. Yeah. No. Good call. Okay. Well, you're off the hook now, right. Charles. If you, no, I,
1: did another... I did see another one. Um, I it's drive me crazy. It's not a not a normal console maker. Um, it's a, there's a synth maker who makes another mixer, and I think it's a six six input.
0: Uh, I don't recall. Yeah. Okay, well, if it comes to you, just just shout it out, and we'll uh, we'll come back to it. So that's fair enough. Okay. Um, so that's the Bastl, uh, dude. Great name for a mix, dude. Where's my mixer? Which I was, thought was a particularly good headline from uh, from our headline writer. At Sonic, I did like the video. I... By the way, it
1: sounded like uh, I know they I know check, but it it sounded like Cantoracula is showing you how to use a mixer.
2: Yeah, I love to count. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. Quick, I uh, just quickly, Nick. Someone saying uh, the the loop mixer heart maker heart is about sixty nine quid.
0: Okay, I'm I'm throwing this up here uh, now. Let's have a look. This is just an Amazon link, yeah. so. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's five channels, three point five stereo inputs, uh, or uh, or ten mono inputs and three outputs. See, much. That's the closest
2: one yet, actually.
0: Okay, no, no sends, you though. Could unfortunately, possibly
2: use the balance, the stereo aspect as a send, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. Good call. Good call. Okay, so there we have it. There's even more. Is that passive or is that uh, aggressive, rather? <laughs> <laughs> As it were. Let me see. Oh, Let's see. Uh, at the back. Uh, it's yeah, got... Oh,
2: it needs power. Oh, 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 hang on. What's that? What's that D-sub thing?
0: That's not... That's a... Uh, is that USB or what is that? I don't know what that is. Loop in or oh, out. I don't know uh, what that is. You that... can
2: connect more together.
0: Ah, oh, okay. Ooh. That's pretty that was... cool. <laughs> All, All
2: right.
0: right. Change of subject. So, well, we're yeah wait a minute okay so there are other alternatives out there though Bastl Bastl being a kind of small manufacturer it's good to support yeah. them too so uh, you know if that's your thing and you love the Bastel way which is a very cool way of doing things and they're a very kind of groovy company it's sort of got the right
2: aesthetic hasn't it for plugging in those little things like yeah. operators and stuff it, 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 or, or, or like the micro granny and the other Bastl little things uh, you know uh, the patch blocks all that kind of stuff it sort of lo- it would fit with that kind of world very nicely I think they would do
0: that very true. Okay, let's have a. I, I wanted to go. I'm going to go to this one first because, uh, well, actually, no, let's just have a little bit. I found this guy that uh, showed up on Facebook, this guy called Lewis Cole, who I think is a genius. Uh, he does, he, he's obviously, well, uh, let me just play you something. He's very funky, and there's also he's a really good drummer. I think it's coming in in a second. Let's see if it comes. One, two, three. There we go. Comes drum solo, and there's this one as well. It's got the most amazingly falsetto voice. I won't play it. all. what a groovy, groovy guy! And all of the, as far as I can tell, it's all pretty much played. For There's this is a guy called Lewis Cole is in a band called uh, Noah, yeah. who've got uh, that's W E I. I've got the fantastic track on uh, YouTube, which is uh, uh, all about uh, the U.S. government <laughs> keeping their eyes on you while you're perhaps uh, <laughs> engaged in private matters, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I won't play it uh, because it's quite rude, but. Um, this he's he's study studied jazz studies at uh, USC Thornton in L A. You know, and he's obviously a really hot musician. I don't know, I, and he's got the groove, don't oh, you think, absolutely. Charles? He's really no, he's, he's very so
1: gro- good. And and uh, the woman who sings with him, uh, Genevieve Atreida, I think is her name. She's the main singer for uh, Noah. She's oh gosh, her voice is the things she's able to do vocally are it's just amazing. And the thing is, they deliver it in sort of a pop format, but it's but they're straight up. Jazz people and just this really great sense of groove. They great sense have great sense of melody. They write funny lyrics. Uh, yeah, the government knows that is a very funny song. And then there's another one. I'm not sure if I could say the name of it. it it's if I clandestinely I could say posterior's breast uh, and money. That's uh, or something like that. <laughs> that. I don't want to say the actual okay. name of the song, but uh, it's just those songs are hilarious and then they they did another uh, well i have a bunch of their songs that, that are stored on my spotify playlist because I've, I've i've liked them for a couple of years now i think they're really fantastic I and mean, just but he by himself is just such an amazing musician to watch Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Um, uh, band, Lewis Cole, Bandcamp.com, and I think Noah uh, and I, are also on Bandcamp. Really good stuff. And, Gaz, what did you make of it? I mean, it's, it's a bit galling, yeah, isn't it? Because, I mean, so usually when you think pe- people who study jazz, I mean, this is a generalization. It's generally, there's a strata, isn't there? There's people who have the chops and they can do the stuff and it's okay and it's impressive note wise, but there's something maybe missing from the kind of the essence. But he's got. He's full of essence, I would say.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, he has definitely got the funk, hasn't he? That is the thing. There's no two ways about it. Um, and also the humor thing, you know. I mean, I'm a big Zappa fan and other things, um, you know, and love humor and music. You know, I think he, Steely Dan. I mean, that is that's humor and music, isn't it as well? Um, you know. I, I, there's plenty yeah, I think there's lots of place for that you know and uh, people shy away from that sometimes certainly within the more jazzier end of things. so that is cool I'm really uh I'm a big fan of that sort of taking kind of like obvious skills but combining it with silliness really, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I just, I spotted it and I just couldn't stop listening to the blimp track. It just sort of went through me. There's a really funky, I mean, all of his stuff's got really funky kind of rhythm keyboard parts that are just sort of mind blowingly complicated. And that certainly the second track, he plays the whole thing. And it's just like, what the heck? How can you be so good? That's just not (laughs) fair. It's upsetting.
1: It's upsetting that someone is that good because I'm just such a mediocre musician that it makes me mad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i just say how long would you uh, how yeah it's like i'd be watching there's also another video from masonic m4 s-o-n-i-c who did some pad and and you're just looking at the, at the level of skill and how on earth he remembers how to be able to trigger all of these complex bits of music and you just think i, I just can't imagine how a human is even a able to kind of do that sort of stuff anyway i just wanted to throw that in there lewis cole uh check it out and also the band know it's it's very funny stuff and really sat, musically satisfying mm-hmm. certainly for me i mean it's quite it's of a type but it, he plays it so straight and his videos is he doesn't smile an awful lot he's just kind of like giving it straight to you and i just i, I like his tier. and, yeah. this, and, and, and the songs are just sorry, really good Chow.
2: songs oh. really good quality songs
0: yeah, they are. Sorry, oh, I was guys. just
2: going to say, I went to see Snarky Puppy uh, two weeks ago, and um, you know, just in terms of this is slightly off topic, but just to do with this sort of more of a like how like jazz has come back into sort of rock music uh, in the last few years, um, and uh, I also saw um, you know uh, Thundercat, you know, the bass player, and and it's interesting to see how. Because a lot of them are embracing synthesizers. So when I saw Snarky Puppy, for instance, they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of synths on stage, um, uh, mostly Moogs. Uh, Moogs and Nords. Yeah, but there was definitely. Uh, I think the, the I think I actually saw he had a new model D, the new model D. What um, one of the keyboard players did, but. Um, makes sense the reason why i was mentioning that though is just that they're using a lot of synths so they're taking that analog synth um approach of maybe herbie hancock and george duke and updating it for sort of now and it's just really cool to see a lot of young you know a lot of youngsters really really digging that kind of sound which has been sort of out for as long as
0: it's funny i mean because it was really in i mean george duke Juky Stick and all those times. I remember seeing that stuff on the Old Grey Whistle Test, which is sort of old uh, BBC kind of live music program. And some of those, you know, and that was, there was an era, wasn't there, where virtuosity, understated virtuosity was the, the thing. And, you know, that's, that's. I think that's actually come back almost through controlism and pads, because people who can play amazing stuff just on really unusual instruments are kind of seen as new. So it kind of almost opens the door for people who can play really amazing stuff on more traditional uh, interfaces to come back in as well. It's just there's a real there's a real risk of it becoming just you know twaddle.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know that's where that's where a bit of humility or a bit of humour or all those kind of things really counter that. Just just like you know, just notes for note's sake. Um, yeah, yeah. So interesting.
0: I don't suffer from any of that kind of stuff, fortunately. <laughs> so I, I'm literally you're lucky if you get yeah. more than uh, an eight, an eighth note uh, uh, division phrase out of me at any time. So. <laughs> <laughs> More likely we caught a note, to be perfectly honest, (laughs) but there we go. Right. um, Ah, yeah, this was a... Actually, uh, let's do this. uh, I wanted to just uh, draw your attention, because we've got a special offer on our Wave Junction uh, Max for Live Synth. This is uh, Max for Live Synth. Uh, It's a four-voice paraphonic with three filters... Five LFOs, five envelopes and a 12-slot mod matrix, and uh, you can buy it directly. You do need Max for Live and Live, obviously, uh, but we've got a 10% code off at the moment. So if you're interested and you were just thinking, "Mm," I mean, it is only 20 quid. So, I mean, you know, it's not exactly going to break the bank. Uh, If you use the code WJ1705 at the URL that you can see, which is bit.ly slash wavejunction, Use the code WJ seventeen zero five and you will have uh, access to a ten percent discount. So go to it and uh, help uh, help support the site and uh, enjoy something a little bit different. It doesn't cost a doesn't cost a bean really. Right. Um. This was a, a topic I was listening to the Pro Tools Expert podcast uh, episode two seventy. If you go to Pro Tools Expert, they've got a weekly podcast. They're up two seventy this week, and I was listening to it and they had uh, one of their topics was. Uh, if you were starting out, would you recommend or would you go for Pro Tools? Yeah. And I thought, well, that's quite an interesting topic. Well, I t- so it's very much inspired by them. Do check it out. They've got a lot of uh, really good content there as well. And I just thought, well, that's really interesting. I mean, if you were starting now what DAW would you go for? Because, you know, part of the reason that we stick with what we know is because we've got all this time invested. But we're also aware of the fact that there are lots of them out there. And you know, what might be stopping us might be the fact that we don't want to start from scratch. So I wondered about that. And I thought, that's an interesting question. Charles, it is a very- and I know you use a number of different ones. I wonder, you know, wh- what do you think you'd be drawn to if, I mean, there are a number of factors, obviously there's professional use and, you know, obviously your peer group, you know, and interchangeability, but I just wondered what kind of factors would maybe uh, influence your decision and what, why?
1: Well, I'm, I'm a long-term Pro Tools user. Um, I've used it since it was called Sound Tools. So back in 1990, when probably most of your listeners were born. Um, I,
0: when it was called what? It
1: was Sound Tools yes i I remember that um running on a mac 2ci
0: uh yeah we had that
1: (laughs) and i love i love pro tools i think it's great if you're i I, so to answer your question um if i were just starting out and my goal was to record bands it'd be pro tools Uh, interesting uh, if it were um about music creation it'd be ableton because it's just so versatile so easy it, it's very simply laid out. It sounds great. I know a lot of people really like Logic. Um, I have Logic, I use it quite often. I'm not a huge fan. It's okay, though. I just don't like something that automatically, like if I go, oh, I'm going to make a vocal track and it automatically puts in an EQ curve and a compressor setting and all this stuff. Like, it doesn't know what the sound coming in is going to be like. So, how does it know that this EQ curve is going to work? And the thing is, with, with uh, Ableton, you can easily add that stuff if you want to. You know, it's it's pretty easy all the way around. It's a very intuitive program. That would be what I would start out with if I was going to do it for music creation. If I was going to do recording, I do I do Pro Tools because Pro Tools is is laid out like a tape machine.
0: Ha. Huh, okay. Well, that's that that's a very good argument for both of those. Uh, Gaz, I wonder you because obviously you've used a lot of DR and you do use concurrently a lot of doors. I know you've had Ableton Work, Reason. You've done and uh, Cubase. Obviously, is a big part of the thing. I don't know if you Pro Tools, but Uh, you know, Logic and Reaper and what have you, you know what? So from your point of view, what do you think you would uh, be drawn towards?
2: Reaper all the way, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, climb up on the buildings, Reaper, Reaper. It's just so brilliant. It's just so amazing. I think, you know, in a way that is the, the most like punky kind of kick-ass piece of software out there. Really? It's just, it can do everything uh, really and more and it's just so many cool things but i think if i was recommending to someone in fact i have done i did this last week funnily enough i recommended that they use an ipad and garage band or cubasis on the on, on an ipad because if it's like someone's got a you know say they're a songwriter and they haven't got huge requirements of it but they want to overdub their vocals and they want to do you know a put a little bit of, you know, a few overdubs of of, of keyboards or whatever else on, you know, a computer and getting it all configured and all the kind of hoops that you have to jump All the hassle, yeah. You know, that that sort of like iOS way of doing it, you know. Like, like just take Cubasis, for instance. Cubasis is very, very capable now. So Cubasis on an iPad with uh, a class-compliant audio interface. I mean, I use the Berger like I know all three of us have got the XR18 with an iPad and, I, and that's what I take now to do my when I go and do my location recordings what's cool there for me is Cubasis you can then import Cubasis projects into Cubase proper wind, so you can actually combine it but but not that you need to you know you can do it all within there and I think that there's something happened with the quality I mean for instance like the reverbs and stuff in, in, the, in the you know really decent now i mean they might not be the best but you know you could get pro pro results on it without all the nonsense so i think that is such a kind of compelling reason to go down that sort of route i mean that as i say singer songwriter guitarist instrumentalist maybe that that possibly more so than someone uh, he wants to do lots of stuff with softsynths. Although the softsynths are pretty cool, and the other thing, gadget as well. Now on the iPad, you can do so much with it. So I think we talk about these. I mean, we're kind of pro users, so we've got the requirements of things like Cubase and Pro Tools. But for people starting off, and it's just a, or, you know, or it's just about the essence of what you're trying to do, just about the creativity. Uh, yeah. I would say maybe doing the iPad approach, really. But or Mm. or when it comes to the door, Reaper, just because it as I say.
0: That's interesting. I said, no, I take your point about having to do all the setup and stuff. And I was wondering, I mean, also, the, you know, the fact that we've got this kind of new strata of DAW's uh, sort of Studio One, we've got Reaper, we've got these things where the code base is not so old. So it's not sort of tied mm. into this kind of morass of legacy features and the kind of compatibility that kind of is a real bait. We've talked about this before. I think I've, i I thought about this as well. And I think I would probably gravitate towards Ableton, which I don't know that well, but I've been learning some things about it this week because I've been doing sort of various demos. One was... Uh, group tracks i didn't even know about that it's like oh that's cool because i was trying to figure out a way to i just want that scene to play then that scene then that scene and that scene and there's no way to do it in the actual scene trigger but you can do it with group tracks so that's one thing Or mm-hmm. well, the other thing i i think i might be drawn towards uh bitwig as well because that's kind of got the both you've got the linear but you've also got the the triggering as well so you know so you've got the both of those ways of in working so one, I might be drawn to
1: toward... one is like that
0: studio one has yeah. that as well yeah yeah so there are choices mm-hmm. right
1: there are choices uh yeah i think i you know i i, I take Gaz's point i like i think the idea of actually starting out on on ipad and with garage band or or as you say here garage band and uh cubasis that's actually that's actually a pretty wise way to start because that at least will get you an idea the, the to me the hardest part is understanding you know if you're going to record something using a microphone the hardest part is understanding the concept of signal flow which mm. i find it people that i teach that that's the hardest thing for them to grasp about how sound gets from the microphone transducer to the speaker transducer um and you know because most people will just plug a mic into a you know into a usb port and go hey it happens you know but i think you know they could learn on an ipad they could learn how how the essential thing flows through they could mess with soft sense things like that and then step up to a laptop Then step up to studio world right after that you know take, baby, take yeah
0: absolutely stuff. i mean uh, and i think uh, that's the other thing i mean we you, we're very much also tied into you know if we have say if you're at a recording session you've got a band there and you just go hey i know i'll try a new door today. It's just not going to happen because you don't know that your workflow and the way that you like to have things happen are going to fulfill the needs without you spending a lot of time scratching your head. And that's the one thing I think is uh, down for Reaper because I find even now, you know, I use it quite a lot. Sometimes I just don't understand how I'm grouping stuff, how I get sends, just signing outputs. Just is a little bit kind of too far away from from the front. It sort of feels like it's a bit more... um, scientific i mean not and i'm not saying it is it's just not as immediate as it is with other things for routing inputs and outputs and that side of things so even though it's very I flexible think right so
2: i mean like yeah i think I that whole I would kind agree of with them yeah single track idiom of reaper you know what
0: yeah, that's yeah. good.
2: And you know, and then the, any track can be fed into any track. And you know, I, I, if you're starting out and you didn't have this kind of legacy idea or whatever, and and you and and that, and then you came to Reaper and, and think I want to plug that into that, and you can. And I think that's the thing about Reaper; you just can do all of that as opposed to, like, um, with say Cubase because of the VST structure of it, some things are still a little bit, um, you know
0: yeah convoluted, convoluted. yeah <laughs> convoluted yeah anyway well i just wanted to say uh thanks to pro tools expert podcast episode 27 uh 270 for that uh inspiration for a topic um and uh, i do recommend you check that out so yeah hopefully that's been uh, of interest to you guys like right, let's have a look see what else have we got uh um oh yeah did you have i got this is this something no that's not it <laughs> I don't think I've got mm-hmm. that. That's what I was looking for. The River. That's right. This uh, new synth. Uh, Balloran, a uh, French guy, is working on a monster uh, uh, poly project, which is uh, right here you can see on the screen, which is uh, balloran.com, and it's called The River, and it's an eight-voice analogue, uh, but it's going to be multi-timbral, which is something that is actually... I- I'm really quite surprised that there isn't... Uh, there's some more pictures of it here. Ah, here we go. There is a, this is what it can sound like, I think. Is it going to play? there 's a white one, which looks pretty
2: cool.
0: obviously my french isn 't fluent, so i 'm not going to be able to uh, translate for you and uh, as yet google hasn 't quite figured out how to uh, how to do it in real time. But it looks kind of like an interesting idea, and I, and I, 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 and it again, I just think why why aren't people making multi timbral analog polys? It just seems, I, I mean, maybe it's too expensive. I mean, maybe that is an issue; it is a thing. But and this guy, to be fair, um, he's going to start taking odd, uh, pre-orders by the end of two thousand seventeen. So it's very much a one-man ban. But it just it looks like a, a thing of beauty. Yeah. To, have you started to uh, salivate of this? I mean, five thousand euros might be a little bit steep, I think. But it's you know, a bit
1: yeah. I can I can understand the mechanics behind why it's difficult to make that and and, and stay analog, um, but it looks really cool. <laughs> it looks really cool. I, I was listening to it on the uh, on the focal's with the Genelec saw, and it just sounded beautiful. It just sounds so nice, and I thought, oh, I need that kind of warmth in my life. I need that <laughs> that little warm space right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. I love that yeah
0: well i could recommend uh, there are other i mean there aren't that many other options i could recommend the Arab, that the, the dreadbox stuff as you know i'm a fan i've just done the Nix review actually i think i posted i'm gonna buy a Nix.
1: yeah are you uh, interesting what's your, your review sitting in a nice bath watching your review and about, <laughs> about halfway through i was like yeah i'm buying one
0: uh, <laughs> right uh, and i thought that, yeah. uh, anyway <laughs> sorry guys back to you haven't had your well, say I, Go, I, actually
2: haven't, I haven't got much to say about this thing really i don't really know much about it except other than You know, uh, it seems a shame not to sort of have sliders on there as well as knobs for such a big thing like that. You know, because I I would I would always choose sliders for envelopes personally.
0: Um, Yeah, I think knobs work better. As as knobs work better for uh, that linear uh, response, um, which because and that's one of the things that was a problem with the Nix. You know, some of those parameters are not linear; they're exponential. So it's very hard to be to dial in those kind of little yeah, tweak right. for, right. for for that sort of thing yeah and and i guess it maybe is. Uh, i i imagine it's just as easy to make a, a a slider or a pot behave in that fashion it's probably a a, a couple of resistors <laughs> i am absolutely clueless when it comes to the electronics <laughs> behind this so i may be totally wrong but but yeah i know i take it's your point just, about uh, envelopes i just though. want to
2: talk about the nics yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i want to get one of those it's like so i've bad. got
0: i've got it here i've got it here I can, it's just
2: Having an Erebus can be justified in this as well. Oh, can you polychain the Erebus to the Knicks like you can multiple Erebuses?
1: I don't know if he can hear you. Oh, there
0: it- uh, Sorry, yeah, I can hear you. Um, I was just lost in the- reverb. Can you polychain? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. You cannot. It just, It's just a simple through... Uh, out or you can break out
2: Hades for instance uh, Prognosis has demonstrated it on a video you can use the Hades which is like the the little the smaller one than the Erebus uh you can use the MIDI out function and then use that as a I think you have to bring the output back in (laughs) oh I'm not sure exactly how, how how it does I think you do you I think you take the MIDI through in and it might be a jumper switch inside the Erebus that you have to set
0: uh uh i don't know the answer to that i mean i didn't get i didn't find that there was anything specific about that in the uh in the nix to be honest uh i mean i think the the thing but i mean talking about the nix i mean the only thing i would say is you know one one of the other downsides which i didn't really cover that much is it's not velocity sensitive and there's no velocity output for the patch bay and that i think the erebus is uh, or has a velocity output which does help certainly but but yeah it's 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 a the thing about the Nix is, you know, high resonance into that massive reverb, it will take apart a room if you've got big enough speakers. I mean, absolutely, you know, if that's what you want, that is. I mean, it's not, uh, it's just not as immediate, I would say, as the Erebus. The Erebus is simpler and more straightforward mm-hmm. uh, because you've got the dual filter topography in the Nix. It's actually quite complicated to use and you can easily. It's not so easy to get the filters to be absolutely yeah, nice. parallel. You get this slight offset, so you get these, which is good if you're going wide and you've got these filter peaks that you want to kind of separate. But, it, but you made
2: the most beautiful sounds in that review, Nick. I tell you, it's so you know. Quite a few of my friends who've seen that review are all lost in after one now. So even with your <laughs> best intentions, <laughs> you know, I'm one of I those people. You've, you've increased the <laughs> gas for that thing massively.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's expen. I think it's also expensive as well. I mean, it's 529 mm-hmm. quid. You you know, that's quite a lot of money for a, 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 a little desktop synth. And I, I think the uh, Erebus the is now 429, which is more reasonable. And I think obviously it's just because it's got the extra stuff. I, I think my, my takeaway was for all of the extra functionality that it does, which is clever, I couldn't find enough musical applications for them to warrant, hmm. to, to not say I thought it was a bit expensive. Okay. I'm not saying and it's bad. And kind of relative the, the,
2: to the Erebus as well. Yeah. Yes,
0: of course, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like for an Arab persona like myself, would you think that the, 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 the tone wouldn't be sufficiently different to justify... Is there a crow in your <laughs> house? There's one right outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a portent. Um, no, I, I, not at all. I think it, it, it sound, it, it's still got the same juicy oscillators. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I think it's better at that really massive, languid kind of ambient mm-hmm. stuff. And the other problem I had was the LFOs don't go... The the modulators don't go slow enough Mm. to kind of match that big, sweet... You know, they're quite fast at their slowest setting. I mean, I'm fairly sure it could be modded quite Mm. easily... Uh, in fact, um, Johnny Yannis uh, from uh, Dreadbox said, "Yeah, it can be done, but you know, you should review it as it is because obviously that's the way
2: it shifts." So, I mean, something I've been thinking about with uh, Dreadbox in general for the last uh, the last couple of years is that uh, this is probably the, their golden age. That once they become popular, that the through hole manufacturing process is is going to not be you know efficient enough, and they'll move to uh, sort of uh, printed circuit boards that kind of thing. And that is happening. Is that right? I don't know. I think they're
0: looking at doing it for Knicks. Right. I mean, the thing is, is I'm not sure... I'm not, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about what, what's better. I mean, yes, it's made with more love <laughs> and there's more human hours that go into it, but I'm not sure if there's actually, you know, an audible difference. <laughs> it may be that the if the quality control level drops down because you're making more of them, then yes, you're going to get an issue. But if you've still got decent quality control, there's no reason whatsoever that... Th- that surface mount should be worse. I mean, and in May I was talking to a chap about this, a uh, Pete, um, the guy from Behringer, because we were talking about this, and he said, you know, honestly, surface mount is actually technically better because. You can shield things between sandwiches, so you get more, you get less uh, earth interference, you get less RF because you've got the tracks are all kind of separated mm. by different layers. I mean, there is actually a, a strong technological argument. Argument if it's designed mm. well for it to be actually better. But there's
2: something about there's something almost agricultural about the about the dreadbox <laughs> or the aerobus that I've got that I really really like, and I wonder whether that is you know whether the tolerance is i don't know i i mean i don't know anything about the technical side of things but uh i was just wondering if that would be the case that uh, you know that I, well mind you i shouldn't say this otherwise i would be raising the prices of the current stock but whether these you know whether people will in 20 years time look back at that period of dreadbox
0: i'd say the classic mm. yeah the mark one yeah i mean you, you might be you might be entirely, be entirely right but um yes, I don't know about that, but um it's the, Charles the, I'd the say c- carry on. That's
1: that's I love the <laughs> idea that it's made by hand. I love handmade
2: things. Actually, there's probably a lot of hate when it's made by hand as well because people are just like hung over and pissed off and, well, you know,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, but you you're you're not wrong there because I again I was talking to Yanis about it and he said the problem is is when you do make things by hand, it means that somebody's job hmm. All day, every day, is doing whatever—some really mundane, repetitive calibration routine or whatever it may be—and it's—and it must—it's it, it, immensely dull. Nice. If you're the designer, you want to be designing stuff and coming up with new ideas, not sitting there and calibrating oscillators for 16 hours a day for five weeks. You know, I mean, that's got to be kind of really awful work. That, that
1: said, <laughs> uh, last November I went to the Moog Factory, Moog Factory, whatever in Asheville. and you know seeing those guys sit around making those things they seem like they love their job they genuinely seem to love it and that that's what they were doing they were circuit boards you know soldering things and
0: but it, it, it may be that they also they're a an organization so they probably break or they might rotate jobs or they might have designed a, a, a more efficient manufacturing process that requires less maybe Human intervention. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm guessing it, yeah. but yeah, I take did point. Didn't,
1: I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see anything that would indicate that, though. Honestly, it seemed like you know th- there'd be a team of guys, and they would focus on building this this one set.
0: Maybe that's why they do limited editions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> limited. They, 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 they I've do, had enough of this. I need a new product. They do all
1: kinds of cool stuff. You know, like they had these uh, racks. Uh, they had like clever names for the racks. And they would have just all these synths in there and just doing burn-ins on the synths. Just turning them on for two hours, turning them off for 10 minutes, turning them on for two hours. off, And they'd do that for a week or whatever. And, you know, th- like they had – I uh, people – I've heard – ever since I made this comment about Moog before, or Moog or whatever, before – about the quality of their work. And I've had people have sent me messages going, well, they make crap this and that. It's like, you know what? But these people seem to genuinely love what they're doing. They seem to be really invested in doing it. Um,
0: yeah. I think it's definitely a great place to work and obviously really good yeah. fun. And that's also a and testament. I, to, I get the vibe to from
1: that They're a bit like this, but they're, they're yeah. like, you know, these are guys are, are, and girls who are having fun and they're just, yeah, they love doing this.
0: I know. I'd agree. I mean, I think, um, where uh, without getting too technical and off topic the thing is that what what tends to happen is that um you you when you reach capacity and they make a synth for instance like uh the abyss they can't make them fast enough yeah because they're making them the way that they do but people want to buy them uh, you know they could sell four times as many possibly you know if they could make them faster but because of the process they can't make them faster enough and the thing is is if you hire enough people to and train them up to do it your next production run might not require so many people and then you're feeding the organization by designing products that people so you can use your employees rather than for yeah you know the I, technology. I, yeah, gas. The abyss
2: is the thing I'm gassing for more than any other piece of equipment out there. I really am. I, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, you know. So it's interesting. I mean, I've just got the the Airbus. That's the only dreadbox product that I've got. But it's just like, oh, I don't know. It's mm. there is something particular about that company that I think that is just I don't know. It's like rock and roll. It's definitely something rock and roll about them. Do you know what I mean by that? It's sort of just something. Yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely anyway oh that's uh that's probably uh taken us to taken us to the end i mean now uh of course uh we're at the end of the show want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us thank you to the people in the chat room thank you to youtube remember there's no show next week uh, I'm on holiday, uh, uh, but there will be one the week after um, as we head towards uh, our episode 500. So please do subscribe. Uh, there are other videos coming out and other stuff. In fact, we've got a visit from Tem- Tim Exile on Friday, which I think, Gaz, you're going to do uh, an interview with yes. Tim. He's bringing his full controller I, system down, so that's going to be wait. really interesting. wait.
2: That's going to be so exciting. Yeah, so we're going to film yeah. that on Friday.
0: Yeah, very exciting stuff. Um, and also, d- don't forget, uh, if you want to enter the competition, I'll just run this by you again. Uh, if you want to win Isotope's RX6, the kind of ultimate audio repair suite, uh, you want we're looking for a tweet. Uh, and the tweet should have the hashtag audio repair as one word and the hashtag RX6 as one word. It doesn't have to be uppercase as it's li- listed here. And you tweet that uh, to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. That's hashtag audio repair, hashtag RX6 to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. And you'll be entered for the competition which we'll pick uh, whenever. It's going to be the 9th of June or oh, I can't remember when the next, uh, the next episode is. Anyway, thank you very much everybody for joining us. It's been great fun. Charles, thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer shenanigans. And yes, if you're somewhere uh, anywhere and you want to hop on, please do let us know. Uh, always pleased to have you on. And I'll
1: let you know when we're touring near you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Love to come and see yeah, that. That'd
1: be great.
2: Howard Jones, I know I'm doing this year. So,
0: yeah, most definitely, and also uh, Gaz Williams. Thank you for joining us too. Um, I will, well, you won't see me, but you'll see. Uh, can,
2: you know. and also, can I just say? I know you might have been talking about this before. Or just just a couple of words about the tragedy in Manchester. Just you know, oh
0: gosh, yeah, it's awful.
2: It is so horrible. It's you know, I'm I'm really upset about it. I was in Manchester gigging not you know only a couple of weeks ago, and just sort of that reality of this awful thing and to happen in a concert it's just so awful and let's just think that at times like this you know i mean obviously i don't want to dwell on it too long because obviously it's not it's a very very sad subject but um (sighs) love and kindness is the way not more bombs and not more sort of retaliations you know
0: here here i totally agree and i think that's a a lovely thing sentiment to end on but yes uh, our thoughts are obviously with everybody yeah. involved and you know it affects a lot of people in many yeah. ways feels uh i, I should just one last thing um i should also point out that uh We've got the uh, Cymru Beats uh, coming up on the uh, when is it 17th of June. We're going to go down to that. I think we're going to stream some of the performers. That's in Cardiff at Chapter Arts. Uh, that's the kind of Welsh modular guys, so do check that out. And then, obviously, uh, the week before, uh, Synthesy in uh, Hastings, where I'll be playing, the Vial, mm-hmm. Electrodes, and the Battery-Operated Orchestra, and Native Ray, and more. Mm-hmm. That's on the 11th of June in Hastings, so... Once again, thank you very much. I think maybe I should play out with a cheery, a little bit more of uh, Mm. Mr. Lewis Cole. And uh, we'll play that out. Anyway, thanks for watching. That's it for this week. Thank you very much.